everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. We are talking obscure animation and today it's very fun. This month we are talking about a whole studio. So very fun. It's kind of like when we did the Russian. Yes, exactly. The Nutcracker film. We are talking about UPA, which was a studio in the, uh, from the, what, the forties all the way to the seventies and then in the seventies. And I'm really excited to talk about it. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Stanford is here. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm just here at home. <laughs> yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been <laughs> out much. <laughs> but I'm safe and well. And I hope the same for you, Rachel. Yes, I am, I'm safe. I just had a doctor's visit today. Uh, virtual, whatever, video conferencing. <laughs> Yes. doctor's visit uh, and, uh, and and they're really pleased with my progress and, oh good good no, that good. makes me happy and uh oh, absolutely so, yeah and uh so yeah the reason why i got this idea was because i did for criterion project i did uh, an episode this week on watership down oh yeah and i don't know if you've seen watership down yes but on the Criterion channel, they they have the interviews with uh, Guillermo del Toro about Watership Down. And in the interview, he was saying how the Watership Down kind of represents sort of the transition of UPA into, uh, into uh, more modern animation. And he was talking about UPA. I'm like, what is UPA? UPA. He's talking about UPA. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. Uh, why don't, I think it would be a fun thing to talk about. And you were up for it. So it was, it was Oh, absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So United Productions of America. Was this something you, you uh, were familiar with or did you have to Google it like I did? <laughs> no, I was familiar with it, but I did still Google it because... I, you know, of course, wanted to get more complete information. I just, I've, I have heard a lot of talk over the years about the UPA style. Mm-hmm. And, and I recognize it partly because, you know, I'm familiar with, with Mr. Magoo cartoons and, and, and also just kind of that really interesting aesthetic from kind of mid, mid-century, you know, that I know that that's where it was, where, where the UPA style was so influential. Yeah, and so uh, this has really been uh, fun to learn more, and then to explore and to explore m- more of these of these uh, short films. Yeah, and I had actually reviewed uh, for Obscure Animation, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Yes, that's right. You should, yeah, uh, yeah. When I first started the series, it was when I was more of like a. I would say more of a YouTuber than a podcaster. I'm now more of a podcaster than a YouTuber. And I, so originally the series was edited reviews, edited videos. And so that, so this was 2016. I reviewed uh, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol for Obscure Animation. And I'll put a link down if you want to watch that review. Uh, but of course I really enjoyed it. And I think it's, it's underrated. We'll talk more about it, but uh in the because obviously christmas movies are my other kind of uh world well, exactly <laughs> and i would it's say like it's rachel's jam you know <laughs> to have this christmas yeah and christmas in july too which i think is a fun yeah a and fun it was thing. really fun to watch it and i loved watching it and i would say it's one of the more underrated 
versions of Christmas Carol. And it, it has some really neat aspects to it. And so, yeah, they have a really interesting visual style. I think that you could kind of compare it to the, uh, the, the Xerox films from Disney a little bit. But I think that they have, they're like the best parts of the Xerox films, but for the whole movie, as far as artistically. Yeah. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and and especially some of them like the uh, the dancing scenes in Aristocats where they have the blocks of color coming in and out and in and out, um, oh, yeah. and the the way that 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 they use the sketchy animation there, yeah, the color. Um, it reminded me a lot of kind of uh, this uh, this style, this studio. Oh yeah, me too. And also, really, I was thinking a lot about 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm yeah that uh just given that highly graphic style of that film too mm-hmm. again not some yeah it wasn't necessarily influenced by or they would they would admit admit right <laughs> it was influenced yeah. by, by upa but still i felt it, it had that same kind of uh aesthetic in a lot of ways yeah you can really see what the del backgrounds Tor- yeah you can see what del toro was talking about how watership yeah. down with its sort of meshing of hand-drawn animation and uh and you know like the way that it kind of uh the way that kind of meshes uh uh more uh the sketchy style with a more fluid style yes that you can see what he was saying as far as it being a bridge from upa over to something like fox and the hound for instance mm-hmm. uh which would have been like two years later than or something like the Don Bluth films of the 80s. Yes. Yeah, how Watership Down is really kind of right in the middle there. Oh, absolutely. This. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. They worked with uh, the um, Toho Studios in Japan uh, for... Uh, yeah, that was interesting. That they, distributed, they distributed the films from Toho in the 70s and the 80s. And, you know, these, these kaiju movies, right? These monster... Mm-hmm. movies and stuff and uh you know i thought well i'm gonna have to try to find one of those see if i can just see like in the, <laughs> is there a title yeah. card or some kind of you know as upa listed in the in the in the credits i thought that was that was fascinating so i guess they stopped the way the and and correct me if i'm if i'm wrong on this racial but what i had read is that they had pretty much stopped doing animation in the in the early 70s and then did this film distribution and then Mm-hmm. They just kind of the company just kind of by the end of the seventies went yeah. out of business. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Toho is still going strong. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Toho is still. Uh, they they work with uh, with Studio Ghibli a lot uh, with a bunch of other anime uh, of of the. Uh, I mean this they this it, it's a company going all the way back to the thirties, which is pretty impressive. Yeah um that is still i think that they were involved with releasing rango if i'm not mistaken oh interesting rango yeah. toho yeah was i could be wrong about that but i i, I recall that but w- another one that we um talked about in obscure animation was summer wars they did yeah. that yeah that was um, toho yeah and i think rango was 2000 and what year was that uh anyway that's what i just remember um but but yeah they have 
uh, like had my Hero Academia um, and movie this year, which was actually a really good. Weathering with you, Ride Your Wave. Yeah. Um, they have the new Lupin the Third coming out, which looks great. Which it's, looks so good. Yeah. It's, it's a CGI Lupin, yeah. and I think it looks really cool. Agreed. I I thought it, I did a trailer action ages ago. It seems like, uh, but I, I think it looks. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting relationship that they had there, and so now we'll we'll sort of dive. We're going to talk about some shorts, and then. We're going to try to do another Obscure Animation. Uh, we're not sure when, but we'll do one of their feature films, Gay Paris, which features Judy Garland. Uh, yeah. Purry. Yeah. Uh, like a purr. She's, she's a cat. <laughs> yeah. And so she kind of looks like, that. she's a white cat. She kind of looks like Duchess from mm-hmm. the Aristocats. Yeah, to she me. does. <laughs> yeah. But a UPA style. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch that. I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, so. I'm. I'm excited to watch it again because I, I, I've seen it. You know, I, they, they played it on Turner Classic Movies, and then you know, speaking mm-hmm. of Turner Classic Movies, I've got that copy on order of that of the of the other then, UPA feature, A Thousand and One Arabian Nights. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we we will definitely will will we'll have some. Let us know what you think about doing those films. But today we're just talking about the shorts. Yeah, the UPA shorts. Spe- slash specials. Yes, and uh, right. so the, the first one that we're going to talk about is the Telltale Heart. And this uh, is really interesting because uh, it uh, was actually given an X rating by, that was the first uh, had film uh, animated film from uh, for the for the UK, which I think it's a little bit different. I don't think like I think it's their sort of R rating. I don't think that it's like R like RX rating, which is like uh-huh. pornography. Yeah. Um, and uh, but anyway, it was an X certificate in the UK, which was the first cartoon to get that it was 1953. So it was a different time as well, and it's based on the uh, the poem or. Yeah, kind of uh, the, the, the lyrical poem. Yeah, by Edgar Allan Poe. Yes, and I, I was watching this and I'm thinking, um, should we have assigned this Stanford? <laughs> because I know, right? <laughs> I'm such the horror movie wuss of yeah. all time. I hate them so much. <laughs> but. And- this was super creepy, but yet it was so artistically interesting. Yeah, this was I. I mean, I loved it, and oh, and I, I don't. Too. Think I was just wowed by it. It was very, it was very creepy, very scary, but but I, I mean, it certainly wouldn't get an R rating today. Oh no, no way. It would. I mean, maybe PG thirteen, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because nothing gets PG anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I I think that from the very beginning, one of my favorite uh, parts of the whole short is that you see the eye of the uh, of the dead man that turns into the moon in one long shot. And you know now we talk so much about long shots, but uh, uh, you know one takes that people are always talking one takes. This this has so many one takes mm-hmm. that go that'll that the camera will move from like i said from an eye 
in one take moved to the moon and uh it and the way that it was just constantly kind of cameron was moving was so cool oh i agree and i i loved the almost like the very different styles of of art that were all mm -hmm. integrated in, into it because some of the art looked very almost three-dimensional uh and again this was made this was released in 1953 and it really looked like it you know okay. which but i mean that as a total compliment just yeah. you can see that aesthetic and then other times there was just like some simple line drawings yeah some other other things that that were all integrated into the storytelling james mason is the narrator which mm -hmm. is such a perfect choice yeah because uh, he's i think i think he's such a good actor and it's got such a good voice mm -hmm. too for it and like great scenes like there's a point where you see a clock and it says and the narrator says how time slowed and the the image of the clock stays there almost like it's cellophane over the rest of the images for so long that's what i'm saying about this one take you just see the clock fading 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 but you still see this kind of uh, like a cellophane kind of image over the the, the everything else the the how time slowed yeah. and it was so cool yeah. It was uncomfortable how slow. You're like, this needs to be off the screen now. Why I know. are we still seeing the... It the, added, really adds to the tension of it, doesn't it? The residue of this clock for so long. And I, th I thought that was very cool. And also, you have several scenes where it stays black for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, some of the action that you know is happening is, is you're not seeing it. Yeah. You know? just says, for a while i didn't move a muscle and it is black yeah which is so effective it is it's incredibly effective it, i counted it was it was almost a minute a whole minute of just black isn't that something? which was really good and then then like as it's you start to see this kind of crinkly kind of look to it and boom 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 and that was really effective i thought yeah yeah it's louder and louder and louder <laughs> And, you know, and I think that's another good thing to bring up too, Rachel, is that the, because uh, not only is the animation stunning, but so, so is the, uh, all the uh, sound effects. You know, I think yeah. those oh, really, yeah. the, the, they really yeah. uh, play into this too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, it kind of made me, it reminded me of on uh, the um, Toy Story of Terror. I don't know if you ever saw that. Oh, yeah yeah i actually really enjoy it and uh and, oh, i love that one too that's a yeah. lot of fun yeah and they have a whole special feature of showing the sound design people you know where like they literally are recording them walking on gravel or you know popping a, a balloon or you know just all the difference they have their literal bag of tricks with their different sound it's pretty fun one of the special features on there and you could almost feel that here mm -hmm. that somebody walking on gravel, somebody, you know, coming up the stairs, creak, 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 kind of a thing, as opposed to now, where a lot of that probably is just stored digitally, and they don't take the time to kind of make those authentic, organic sounds that, uh, you know, that's one thing I love in Akira. Uh, if we ever, we should do an obscure animation on Akira, but oh, for sure. the sound design is, yeah, it's, so it's pretty, amazing. It's pretty amazing in that film. In yeah. that in that movie, and yeah. I, I yeah, I loved that here. It was really good, and you just see, I love the way they did the heart vessels, 
and it, you know, it's pound, 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 and you see it, and it almost looks like a crinkled up piece of paper. Yeah. Sort of. Um, that's been sort of died. I don't know, just like it looked kind of crinkly and, and it just gets bigger and louder. And I thought that it was very, he's like, I had to stop it. And, uh, and then you see this, these sort of, it's hard to explain, but there's sort of this blanket of, that has all these diamonds on it. And then the diamonds sort of twist and turn until it turns into stripes and this, the uh the way the camera kind of moved it goes from like up way high in the ceiling all the way down to the people and their eyes and all you see is their eyes and i thought all that was so effective oh i know right i mm -hmm. i uh i was just really in awe of the whole of, mm -hmm. the, of the whole thing and uh super creepy of course yeah. but i was less creeped out and more just fascinated by the uh the artistry mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. yeah drip drip beat beat drip drip beat beat and then he's finally like stop it stop it <laughs> stop it you devils yeah yes i did it and uh and so yeah it's really good if you like you know sort of spooky stories a little bit of mystery a little bit of intrigue really great animation i highly recommend it it was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Um, and uh, I hadn't seen the Disney, it was a Disney short that beat them, uh, if I recall. Or it was Tom and Jerry, I can't remember. I lost track. Uh, but uh, I just uh, think it's tremendous. I really, really, really loved this, this short. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, me too. Really, really, really wowed buy it yeah it lost to toot whistle plunk and boom from the walt oh, disney okay. productions which so. is terrific too a, a little mm -hmm. different in tone <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that one if i'm not mistaken has got ivan earl uh work you know the, oh. the guy who was the uh, basically the art director of sleeping beauty right because uh, i i love his work in fact some of the work in Telltale Heart, I thought was kind of reminiscent of some some Ivan Earl paintings mm -hmm. I've seen, which is what I'm thinking, you know, saying, I feel like it just felt like it was from, from the mid fifties. I just um, love animated shorts so much. Aren't they great? I, I, I really do. I, I mean, except for at Sundance, this is the only time I don't like animated shorts. Well, yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. But yeah. for the most part, I just love, animated shorts yeah well i just love exploring some of these older ones you i know, do this too was, this was these, this these was other really ones fun. that we watched were so uh, every one of them even that commercial one which you know we'll talk yeah. about were fun yeah. you know they were really, really interesting yeah it's it it's uh really gets down to what's fun about obscure animation for sure um all right then we had rudy toot toot and uh this was it was really fun too i thought the people versus frankie yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh and yeah so basically you have that frankie and uh it's i guess it was a popular song frankie and johnny frankie and johnny are sweethearts Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and so i i thought it was the, the character design in this was very interesting 
the I thought that her lawyer looked like a chicken. Oh yeah, absolutely. Agree? Oh totally. <laughs> he looked like a chicken, and then her look was so interesting too because she had like that big red bow in her hair mm-hmm. that was almost transparent too. Yeah. And I loved how it moved with her, with you know, as her head yeah. was turning. And it was like the lines didn't matter. Um, everything yeah. was sort of over the lines. And so you'd have like the the jurors, for instance, were just a giant, it almost looked like a thumbprint a little bit. And the, the lines would kind of move and the circles would sort of stay the same. It was very different. And it kind of had a little bit of sort of an Al Hirschfeld kind of feel to me. I don't, I don't know if he's after them or before them or whatever, but you know, like in, um, uh, in the um, Rhapsody in Blue on Fantasia's 2000, you know, the way that those kind of character designs, they're sort of long and stretched out a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like the New Yorker uh, designs to me. And the witness, when the witness comes on, he was just like a giant oval <laughs> over, the, over the yeah. animation, which was cool, I thought and it, and uh you the, a lot of the in in um a lot of these coming up including mr magoo's christmas carol the animation the the backgrounds will be just be one flat color mm-hmm. so here's that's the case and then so you just see so it'll go from being red to being you know brown to being gray and uh and then so you just see the lines and then you just see the pop of color on the characters so their shoes or their bow or uh something like that and uh, it's really always interesting to see what they decide to color and what they leave kind of the monochrome back yes yes agreed yeah. really interesting decisions i thought they made and again classic upa style you know just mm-hmm. so so uh simple but really complex yeah and i really like thorough ravenscroft here oh voice of johnny uh, so uh, <laughs> great to hear these voices yeah i mean we think of him immediately with a you're a mean one mr grinch right <laughs> Which, i'm not sure when that came out but uh but you know we think you hear that voice and you think of it immediately uh but uh but yeah he's really great here perfect and this is the one that lost out to tom and jerry's sixth award-winning cartoon the two musketeers so there we go yeah yeah (laughs) Um, interesting yeah Uh, i uh and this one i thought some of the backgrounds yes they were that 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 color but they also had like a almost a little bit that they were looking like it was on tin kind of there was a little crusty kind of feel to some of them yes i liked i was i I like that too in fact that's what i was wondering about well, I sure wish I could talk to one of these artists. You know, they could talk to us about how, oh, they, I know. You know, how they did that. Yeah. Uh, I wish that we could have a, somebody who really knows their, you know, that's a true animator. Because I feel sometimes I'm like, am I describing it well enough, you know, with my, uh, but uh, I'm sure they'd have a whole new insight. Uh, but, um, but yeah, she claims that, that the bullet actually came from Johnny as from way over on um, as it kind of pinged it off of all these different stuff from all from way the other side of town uh, and then it landed on the door uh, so it's quite the claim uh, and uh, what did you think of Nellie Bile 
in view. <laughs> that was you good. Know, everything was good. I just, yeah. you know, I just, I think I had a smile on my face the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think? Oh, good. It was great. Yeah. And she's, uh, she's found not guilty. And then Frankie shoots the lawyer and says, it's wrong to shoot with a Rudy toot toot. And so. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it get kind of dark. Yeah. You know, very adult. Mm-hmm. I thought too, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think again, visually, visually pleasing enough that a kid probably would enjoy watching it, but maybe not necessarily under understand all the kind of the nuance of it too. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think like, I think if you kind of, if you included this in a collection, like, uh, say the, um, Walt Disney studio collection, mm-hmm. um, you know where you have something a little bit darker like the john henry short or something like that like i think it could work okay it's 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 pretty it's pretty you know there's murder and some some parents might be too shocked yeah who knows right but uh but i i I still really really enjoyed um enjoyed watching it so maybe older kids i think will be fine yeah i should Um, say something maybe for older uh because i mean uh, I don't think that uh, uh, that something like say the uh, Telltale Heart, like I don't think that horror movies are are bad as far as for kids. I think you can find ones. It's just finding the right ones that have the right. Uh, I mean, and and knowing your own kid and knowing what he likes and he can handle he or she. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and. and but this is also true for adults, like Sanford. Hello. Like, it's just like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the next one is Unicorn in the Garden. And uh, it's a pretty simple little short, but I thought it was cute. Oh, uh, it was so fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, James, it's based on a James Thurber piece, and he's just so witty and clever. And, and uh, I, I, yeah. I enjoyed this one a lot. Me too. Uh, it was really cute. It's basically about this man who sees a unicorn in his garden and he's really excited about it and his wife doesn't believe him. So he ends up going to uh, <laughs> he ends up going to a psychologist, but he sort of turns things on his wife. Who ends up being the one that gets to end up in the straight jacket. <laughs> That's right. They haul her off. Yeah. yeah. And it's very pencil-y, pencil-y animation. Uh-huh. But uh, I I really liked when, again, you have this all brown, all white yes. kind of look. Um, and the way it used colors, I thought was really cool. Mm, I thought so, too. Because pretty much yeah, every different space they'd go into you know the garden or, or the bedroom or you know mm-hmm. the house uh yeah it just had this very monochromatic background and then yeah you just mentioned just kind of these these little hand-drawn things i love i love the garden i love the unicorn design i thought that was very yeah. interesting and not to mention the character design too i mean the wife really comes across as mm. Pretty horrible. Which <laughs> <laughs> so I guess was maybe the point. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of in Make My Music, the um the short with the everybody dancing. Yes. Kind of reminded me of that style yeah. of that oh, yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um and uh 
Yeah. Then you have I ego psychology. That was funny. Yes. And I liked that he was orange surrounded by all this purple. I liked it too. I, again, the character designs were all really great. Weren't they? Yeah. The, yeah. And then they turn on the light and it goes uh, into, it becomes green, which I thought was cool. I like so too. All of these use lighting and shade shadows really well uh, to make interesting choices. And that is something you, we've kind of lost with uh, with cgi animation even the really good cgi animation um you, you don't get as much that sort of use of shadows the way that you can because it's all so realistic yeah. it all just feels like part of realism and so like the shadowing isn't really part of art in most of them yeah it's and you part know of making it look realistic reading about the studio more you know in, in preparing mm -hmm. for this it was interesting to hear that. I mean, clearly that was something that they were after as artists there mm -hmm. at EPA because many of them came from, from Disney. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, Disney, the art was so focused on mm -hmm. uh, detail and, and, and almost like an enhanced realism, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas this then, uh, they just are using... It's also it seems very experimental with with their character yeah. design and with um, the perspective, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah, the field within the you know within the frame and and uh, just yeah. There's a lot of really frame. Yeah, there's a lot of really great examples of that in early Disney. Um, and we immediately thought of how Dumbo uses it with yeah. the uh, shadows of the uh, of circus performers. And the other kind of there's other scenes where all you see is shadow and mm -hmm. you know so much kind of what is going on and even with timothy q mouse being so little but obviously with a big shadow and uh and elephants on parade uses color and shadow yeah obviously. yeah um that's one i also think of uh in the night on bald mountain i think uses shadow mm -hmm. interesting uh but but yeah that's just something i'm trying to think of something with cgi animation that I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe something like uh, Paper Man, that's a little bit more yeah. of a of a mixture mm -hmm. of of traditional. Because when you're trying to be hyper hyper realistic, it just looks like shadows. It's not there's not it's not part of the artistic expression. Yeah. Uh, in the same way. Right. Another thing that was maybe think of too was you know how in Inside Out how mm -hmm. uh they go into that one oh yeah the, the um abstract thought that abstract thought <laughs> yeah i love that i love that and uh guess not a lot not not particularly a lot of sh use of shadow in there but i it really looked to me that they were using cgi mm -hmm. uh but to in a really unusual way but i yeah. thought it really worked well and, and 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 as striking as it was, you know, it could almost be considered almost like a CGI version of a UPA mm -hmm. style, you know. Yeah, that's a good that's a good example. That's yeah. a good example, uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so this one was just cute and fun, and hey, he gets his kind of his revenge, and they say, "Don't count your boobies before they've hatched." <laughs> Again, <laughs> classic James Thurber. <laughs> 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 so, so uh, next we have big tim yeah and this was really interesting because it 
it's it an is ad. A commercial. It's a it's commercial. A commercial. Yeah, it's like, or, or like a yeah commercial slash like a corporate film because UPA did a lot of that, right? Mm -hmm. They did a lot of commercials as well as like you know just probably one-offs with different companies, right? That needed an educational film or a sales film or something. This mm -hmm. to me seemed like a real sales pitch for ball bearings yeah. <laughs> of all, of all ball things. Roller bearings. <laughs> yeah, roller bearings. Keep you from kid friction. Kid <laughs> friction is, is making things, all kinds of problems. Kid friction yeah. uh, with Big uh, Tim. And Big, so Big Tim is a train. Yes. And I thought he was so weird looking, like in oh. a cool way, but it was like, I've never seen a train like that in my life. Yeah. And, and this almost seemed like it was, again, I know we're talking about a lot, kind of like a blending of styles, but it seemed like it really was a combination of the UPA style and almost like a Disney style mm -hmm. too, you know, as far as, as far as some detail and depth, but yeah, that, that was one mess, messed up looking train yeah, <laughs> in my mind. It did. It looked like i don't know it i i it was like a it was like a locomotive that carries people almost mm -hmm. but like in the way that it was like a monorail it almost looked like a monorail at the top yeah yeah and then uh and then obviously individual uh individual compartment what are they called yeah <laughs> cars things. or compartments cars yeah cars yeah. the hot box and uh and they get they're trying to ruin the train, kid friction. Uh, but in the new new train, the kid friction can't get a grip on the new freight line because every car had roller bearings except the caboose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So this one, uh, it was it was interesting. It was it was really interesting. Uh, it's uh, voiced by Stan Freeberg, voice Big Tim. And he's the enemy of Mr. Friction. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it was kind of long. It was one of the longer ones, which yeah. I, I thought was interesting that, that again, this, you know, company. I know. This, this ball bearings company uh, kind of forked out the money for like this big, long. Yeah. This I think long, the trains you know. were more popular in that area. You think you had, right, I think in the 1950s was when we got them, the little, little engine that could. Okay. Yeah. You know. So, uh, uh, you know, the, as far as a book, um, but, uh, I, I, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. Then we have Gerald McBoing boy. Yes. Now that's one. And I, and I just was racking my brain. This is what, this was the only one that I had seen of these that we watched. I guess there was a whole series. Yes. And I think that there's also been a remake, like a revival of of this character to oh, within really? the last like within like the last 10 15 years yeah mm -hmm. i saw that too oh, yeah. anyway 2005 to 2007 mm -hmm. cartoon network there you go look at that yeah. so this is this was fun this is a little boy who only speaks in radio sound effects <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh so he goes bong or uh or bing or all different sounds. yeah all these different sounds and that's what's coming out of his yeah he, 
these actually it's not like a human making the noises they're like getting you know these sound effects right from yeah another yeah like the source and at first he sent to they try to get him to to go to school and he gets sent back saying i can't <laughs> have, we can't have a kid named, who goes bong bong yeah bong. <laughs> <laughs> and the mom and dad are just getting so discouraged or so sad because they just don't know how to help their son you know yeah. or yeah. And this was really interesting where they used the colors because it was almost all the same as the background. Yes. Except for there would be like him wearing a, somebody wearing a coat or mm-hmm. somebody wearing or be Gerald would be all the same color except for his shirt or yeah. something like that, which was interesting. I almost felt like this was to, and maybe just because I was also looking at a, a, a probably a better digital transfer of it, uh-huh. but it just seemed like the quintessential UPA short, you know, as far as just like kind of lighter in tone and, and then just, yeah, they just really captured their visual style, you know, with Mm -hmm. color, use of color and, and character design. Yeah, I think so. I agree. It was really cute and, you know, really funny at the end that he ends up getting hired at the radio station. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and everybody's happy you yeah. know it's like mom and dad are happy because they're like oh yeah you can do you your know. radio plays <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so funny yeah all right so mr magoo's christmas carol and i of course i had seen this like i said we already i already yeah. reviewed it um but fun. i have never seen it i'm just like yeah where have i been i guess i'm just too busy watching charlie brown and the grinch <laughs> you know so yeah this first aired in 1962 and it was actually the first animated christmas special to be produced especially for television so it was a a really important one in that way yeah and it was actually 40 minutes or something so yeah it would be be an hour special Uh and this was actually before the uh the the series of mr magoo this series this um show that came later and uh and they have a kind of setup where he is uh he's on his way to a broadway uh show for uh for christmas carol and he he can't see very well and so he gets in crashes and all kinds of problems and uh and then then it changes so you have that introduction which is so cool like i i love all the marquees the way it oh starts. i love that too the, it looks so cool and again it has kind of that uh al hirschfield yes um uh like you see in rhapsody blue in fantasia yeah, 2000, in 2000. Mm-hmm. and i love that look and uh it starts in with that it's supposed to be a play is a christmas is this is christmas carol and I, I think they make some interesting choices, you know, as somebody who is a Christmas Carol aficionado, yes. it's always interesting to me to kind of look, oh, do they include this? Do they include yeah. this? Do they include this? And one of the weirdest parts about this is that they do present first. For yeah, some I reason, thought that was And I don't know why too. they do. Yeah. <laughs> they just want you to get, they want to get right to, uh, to the Cratchits and Tiny Tim. And Because uh, there's a the big musical number in mm-hmm. there in there too yeah. yeah before we like when we're just getting introduced to uh to the story we get ring wrangle 
and the music was done by uh by the same people who did uh bells are ringing on yeah, broadway it's julie stein mm-hmm. so yeah bells are ringing gypsy mm-hmm. uh funny girl yeah and i uh, really he's, he's like really, the music uh, the music is really charming and julie stein, julie stein also you know wrote the music for gentlemen for, for, for blondes he's mm-hmm. really a, really a great composer i think i uh, love bells are ringing i i think even the movie i love i know some people don't like i love it and no, i love the so this show i think it's so fun yeah um with a i'm going back where i can be me i love that song so bonjour tristan <laughs> yeah so good um yeah and uh and i just love all the backgrounds in this this whole thing they are so cool and especially once we get up to future when you just see the it, it's it's just uh it looks like it's almost like scratches in the background of all these different colors and I, it looks so cool and i'm not explaining it very well but i love the the backgrounds are so vivid in this i was agree, totally agree and i was so impressed with with the uh with the a- a- animation and uh, you know I, I mean true confessions mr magoo is not my favorite character mm-hmm. uh I don't particularly love those, you know, Mr. Magoo uh, cartoons that much. Yeah. But this really worked for me because you only got like the kind of the quote unquote Mr. Magoo who's always just because, you know, he, you can't see. He can't see. And so he's got all the havoc that he's wreaking on either end of it. And then mm-hmm. this not, that, none of that happens during <laughs> the right. Christmas Carol part. And no, so I, I love that. I mean, I think uh, I even, I, I mean, I've liked it regardless of the art. So, yeah. Good. I mean, I'm no expert on Mr. Magoo, but I think it's a little bit not PC these days uh, for, you know, people visually impaired to just be kind of made fun of. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. In this case, it's really only just that very beginning where he has Mm -hmm. to crash and stuff. For the rest of it, it's just your pretty basic. It's uh, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, And what did you think of Razzleberry dressing? Did you just want to have some? Tiny Tim, I was so happy he finally got some. I was like, Tiny Tim better get some of that Rasselberry dressing. Yeah, we'll have the Lord's bright blessing <laughs> and Rasselberry dressing. Well, and what cracked me up about Tiny Tim too? I was, I thought he looked like Gerald McBoing Boing. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's true. Almost like identical <laughs> to Gerald McBoing Boing. Yeah, but, and I, I really so. like both of the spirits in in uh, the well the the main two spirits um not as much future but yeah that they look kind of translucent i like I, exactly i really like that a lot and same i thought that the an- animation of jacob marley was effective too oh yeah yeah that's uh, right yeah the, the, he looked thing. kind they of cellophane translucent and, and it really it looked really neat against just those really cool you know those wonderful upa backgrounds that we've been raving yeah. about the whole, the whole episode <laughs> i love um alone in the world young oh, yeah. and old scrooge i think it's such a sweet song yeah uh, tender song and then you have the uh fezzy wig scene um they also have the uh the benefactors it opens up with yes just the classic 
classic Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that gets cut depending on the the version. Right. I thought it was us. interesting. You know, when when it started. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. <laughs> they, they kept it in. Yeah, because sometimes they include nephew Fred. Sometimes they don't. So this in this case they didn't. Uh, sometimes and it's just it's fun to me because one year I watched over thirty five versions. This was two thousand fourteen. I watched over thirty five different I mean, versions Rachel, of Christmas Carol. That's amazing. And, <laughs> And uh, this is uh, when I just started my blog and it, it it's kind of fun because I feel like it's sort of like giving out a, a prompt to a, a bunch of students, say 30 students, you give them a prompt, say, write on this, write a story. Here's your prompt or your characters that you have to write on. And, and then each person kind of comes up with their own story based on that prompt, right? And that's what it's kind of like with this is, is it's sort of like all these different creators being given a prompt and you get to see what one person does with it with CGI animation, what one person does with it with black and white, you know, film with somebody, a silent film. And it's, I think it's fascinating. I, I really love it. And I, and so this is, you know, just another sort of version to sort of throw in there. And I'm by no means a, um, a purist when it comes to Christmas Carol. I, I, I don't mind things that go sort of away from the the book. Uh, the uh, the the only thing that's peculiar about them doing present first is I just don't really think it was I don't really understand it. Like, yeah, I, I I was very confused by it too because <laughs> I was thinking, well, are they going to eliminate? I mean, yeah, are they not going to show past, right? And I think, like, excuse me, that's a really important part of this Yeah, story. and I feel like it makes more sense to have passed first because oh, absolutely. That's, what gets, that's what gets Scrooge invested in the story because yeah. he's, I feel like he's too bitter to see present first. Yeah. He needs to see, they just must have really wanted that Razzleberry song. I think first. it was the Razzleberry song. <laughs> I really, I mean, yes. that's all I can think about too. And that's where I really wish we could talk to the filmmakers because that just seemed like they put that there because they felt they knew that's where they needed the song. Yeah. So, but I do. Song, why not? I, I love Winter Was Warm. I think that is such a beautiful song. You know, the songs, the are, the songs are really great. Uh, again, Julie Stein. There's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, winter was warm. That the bell sings about the breakup. It's just yeah. it's beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And the animation's beautiful in that mm-hmm. section. Uh, then you see past leaving him, and he's laughing at him, and which is pretty creepy. And then you see future, and you know another thing that some versions show ignorance and want. Some of them don't. Um, and the uh, uh, you know it's just you obviously have to have. Uh, you have to have present there in order to show ignorance and want because it's under his garments but yeah um but i i I like that when they do it um you know and then there's even like really really obscure stuff like the there's a in the book there's a whole scene where scrooge is taken to a lighthouse and you get to see how the lighthouse keeper observes christmas and Mm -hmm. and one of the only ones that actually shows that is the uh 2009 one <laughs> the animated one oh, uh, which is very accurate to the book yeah. um and uh anyway so it's just also the patrick stewart version shows the lighthouse mm-hmm. um and there's a whole time when he's talking about 
uh, where Scrooge asks the, um, the ghost about the parishioners at church on Sunday and how they're making people work uh, by, uh, by going to, to, to dinner or whatever, lunch after services. And, and isn't that breaking the Sabbath and, and what the, uh, what the spirit says, that's almost never in there, but that's in 2009 version and a few others. And so it's just fun. Once you, once you become kind of a Christmas Carol aficionado, yeah. you can sort of be like, Oh, that one, that one includes that. That one includes this one. And like the Muppets one, it actually is very faithful. Uh, it actually includes a ton of the actual passages of the book that gonzo plain dickens that he says and um in uh in the case of mickey's christmas carol which we covered for obscure yeah. they they i don't think they even have present i think it's just past and future because it's short um and uh i anyway it's very it's very very interesting how they all i don't know you take this one thing and you see so many different interpretations and so this but i love winter's warm and uh you get uh then once you're in future that another thing that sometimes gets left out is the pawn shop sometimes people do it some people don't mm -hmm. um and here you get we're despicable at the pawn shop yeah uh, old joe uh is uh, is runs the pawn shop and uh that one's kind of fun where yeah i thought that was i thought that was a fun <laughs> fun too mm -hmm. and then you see the cratchits without tim and that's always sad that's always so sad oh <laughs> yeah. uh, for tiny tim yeah and i like i said i loved that the whole scene in the cemetery the way that the backgrounds are all animated oh, weren't, the way, they, weren't they gorgeous so cool yeah i love that love that yeah and i think they do i call it crazy scrooge when he is reborn and uh i, I think they do this one pretty well crazy scrooge uh where you know he's <laughs> delightful lad <laughs> sweet lad <laughs> yeah go get go get the turkey as big as me bring it here and then you see the kid and his brain explodes when he hears half a crown yes it's funny it's very funny and so i love this version of christmas carol i think it's really fun and uh and so yeah these are i liked all of these shorts i i don't know it's so hard to say which one's my favorite because i i like them all but um uh i don't know i think probably the telltale heart is probably the most artistically significant of all of them i would say. yeah i would i i thought so too that was the one that had the real gravitas and, and yeah and just that was so unique mm -hmm. you know so 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 interesting uh, yeah. and then probably my next hair behind that it would be uh gerald mcboyboyne <laughs> i just really love that <laughs> yeah one. that was funny that's just so uh, cute do you have a favorite version of christmas carol set of curiosity that you watch every year it's your version you know uh i of course you know because i'm stan i love the uh the classic movie versions i i prefer mm -hmm. the the i believe it's the 1938 one with reginald owen oh okay yeah uh, yeah uh, i believe that's the year yeah that's the one yeah. that's the one that i that's like i think probably because that's the one my parents liked you know mm -hmm. that's the one we would always always watch mm -hmm. uh so yeah but, well, yeah what about a good one i love and i also i also love scrooge 
the musical with Albert Finney. Yeah, that one they go to hell, which is a lot. <laughs> but <It's> scary, <laughs> scared, <laughs> scared me to death, as you can imagine. So yeah. a child. Um, and that one's fun. Uh, I I love the 1951 Alistair Sim version is probably yeah i know that's the one i think most classic movie fans like that one i Mm -hmm. i just prefer the 1938 one and again i think some of it's just because my uh you know but yeah i'm not bringing (laughs) no i mean it's all they're all good i i i i I like i think they they do a pretty good job giving some background to scrooge in that one that i like um kind of fleshing out his his uh, backstory a little bit of uh, kind of why he ended up becoming who he is. So I, I like that, but, um, but I also really like the Patrick Stewart version. I think it's way underrated. Uh, and they really capture the, uh, the snivelings. <laughs> they yeah. Covet us old sinner. They really capture that. Like, cause some of them, they're more, they're sort of a wink in the eye, kind of a, you know, like Michael Caine is very sort of, there's a wink in the eye. Uh, he's a little sarcastic uh, certainly obviously bill murray and something like in scrooged or uh inversions like that there's a little wink in the eye mm-hmm. but um but with in the patrick Stewart one he is just sniveling awful horrible like the worst and i i, I really and that one is very true to the book which mm-hmm. i appreciate but uh but anyway yeah so it's fun uh, to see what different people come up with uh, with such a simple story. Yeah, and you know, what I was thinking too, Rachel, was like, who would have thought that a Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol yeah, I know. would like, be good? Because, I know. again, just not being a big aficionado of, of, of Mr. Magoo, yeah. I, I, I was really delighted. I was very yeah. pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it was way better than I expected as well. Uh, and so if you haven't seen it uh, and you love Christmas Carol like I do you should definitely watch uh, the Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol so anyway there we go we did it and uh, we'd be curious to know your thoughts if you're listening if you have seen any of these from UPA uh, or any others that we didn't talk about we would love to hear your thoughts and uh, and what you think of the studio that would be a lot of fun and uh, so Stanford where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Stanford Clark, and I also have a movie uh, blog and podcast at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And uh, make sure if you're listening to this episode on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. It helps us out a lot. And also, if uh, you're listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. It really helps us out as well. We have animation junkie uh, t-shirts on sale uh, at the merch store. You can check that out. And uh, and then we also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun as well. We really appreciate that support uh, in the patron group. So thanks so much, Stanford. This is really fun. And uh, I really liked this one. And uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts if you're listening. We'll talk to you all later. Let us know if you have any suggestions for... Screw animation. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye.